What's going on, everybody? Welcome back for another episode of Triggered. This is Triggered episode number 453 here on Thursday, April 27th. Uh, let's get started here. A little, little shorter show for you today. We had a mega episode Tuesday, so and I'm traveling, so it's remote. It's a little more difficult to do, but we're going to get it done for you here. So, obviously, big news last night uh, was Tucker Carlson finally broke his silence post being removed from the air at Fox News. He had quite a bit to say, and I think it was like a two-minute, 15-second video. Um, we're going to play it here for you now because I thought everything that he said was really interesting and also had a lot of undertones to it. And so so listen to it, and then we'll talk about it here. Roll that clip, Mr. Producer. Good evening. It's Tucker Carlson. One of the first things you realize when you step outside the noise for a few days is how many genuinely nice people there are in this country, kind and decent people, people who really care about what's true, and a bunch of hilarious people also, a lot of those. It's got to be the majority of the population, even now. So that's heartening. The other thing you notice when you take a little time off is how unbelievably stupid most of the debates you see on television are. They're completely irrelevant. They mean nothing. In five years, we won't even remember that we had them. Trust me, as someone who's participated. And yet at the same time, and this is the amazing thing, the undeniably big topics, the ones that will define our future, get virtually no discussion at all. War, civil liberties, emerging science, demographic change, corporate power, natural resources. When was the last time you heard a legitimate debate about any of those issues? It's been a long time. Debates like that are not permitted in American media. Both political parties and their donors have reached consensus on what benefits them, and they actively collude to shut down any conversation about it. Suddenly, the United States looks very much like a one-party state. That's a depressing realization, but it's not permanent. Our current orthodoxies won't last. They're brain dead. Nobody actually believes them. Hardly anyone's life is improved by them. This moment is too inherently ridiculous to continue, and so it won't. The people in charge know this. That's why they're hysterical and aggressive. They're afraid. They've given up persuasion. They're resorting to force. But it won't work. When honest people say what's true, calmly and without embarrassment, they become powerful. At the same time, the liars who've been trying to silence them shrink, and they become weaker. That's the iron law of the universe. True things prevail. Where can you still find Americans saying true things? There aren't many places left, but there are some, and that's enough. As long as you can hear the words, there is hope. See you soon. So it was interesting that he released the video on Twitter right at 8 o'clock, which is, of course, when he would normally be going to air. And he said he's not going anywhere. You know, he said, see you soon. Everything he said was i feel like very carefully worded i don't know if yeah. he was a teleprompter yeah. yeah it's kind of like he was obviously there's legal aspects of all of this and everything sure it sounded sure. to me like he's preparing to go to war with fox news and the reason he's going to have to go to war with them is because even though they removed him from the air technically they did not terminate his contract and his contract still has some time on it. And so a lot of people are thinking what they were going to try to do was continue to pay him. But mm -hmm. because he's under contract, it means he can't do anything else. He can't go anywhere else. 
you know, there's all kinds of non-compete clauses. He can't start his own thing or he can't, you know, basically he would be sidelined. Um, yeah. And so I think that he's gearing up to go to war with them over that. And that will be a major losing battle for Fox News. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, they, they could. Um, I wonder, didn't they just extend his contract, too? Well, he no, he signed a new contract back in 21, I think. 21. And it was, I believe it goes until the beginning of 25. I believe it's through the next election. Okay, well, I mean, he will be paid through that, you know, period. And but whether or not he can do anything else, though. Well, yeah, but he would sacrifice kind of like how, like you know, they how like it's like Lou Dobbs, you know. That's he would certainly <laughs> sacrifice that money to be able to do something else. He's yeah, not going to want to be quiet through the election, that's for sure. Well, and um, like that's not really an option. We need him. We can't afford that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, we need the devastating impact of their, you know, air quote firing of of Tucker Carlson. Well, there's actually another theory out there that. They did this, and eventually Tucker's going to be able to leverage his way back into it, but I don't really know how that would happen. Yeah. Yeah. There's also the fact that there's rumors that the reason he was finally removed was because of things he said during that heritage speech that we were talking about. Yeah. Which I find to be outrageous. Apparently... Uh, Rupert Murdoch doesn't like how there were religious undertones to it. And apparently it also goes back to Rupert Murdoch's uh, broken off engagement because. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the two evangelical. Well, yeah, apparently. Yeah. She was like super religious, love Tucker Carlson. Like, yeah. so I think there's some interesting things here behind the scenes going on. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I was very happy to see he released that video last night. And and the total consequence of this has already begun to really hit. I mean, I think they lost fifty percent of viewers in in the yeah. Time. It's been uh yeah the the ratings drop is is starting. So yeah. yep, they um, lost more than a million viewers because of it, and it's continuing to decline. And that's yeah. having an effect on the rest of the ratings across all the shows on the network. Yeah. Um, so the other aspect of this, well, yeah, which I'm sure the executives expected, but you know, well. I think that they thought that they could just skate through this like they did with the Bill O'Reilly thing, because <laughs> the Bill O'Reilly thing. Remember, they named Tucker Carlson right at yeah it, it, that yeah true, but that's 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 the key difference though. They had someone with with an audience to like yeah. fill that void, so that, you know the, there there was no you know nine hundred and thirty million dollar loss mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know in their stock. So I'm I'm now more concerned about who the, who they pick to fill that that spot because that will be a. Uh, quite an insight into where they want this network to go yeah so. yeah it'll be interesting that's for sure um i would assume they're gonna probably try out some people or maybe do something but yeah. um so the other aspect of people were talking about well maybe this has to do with the harassment lawsuit right we mentioned yeah. this psycho during the the triggered on tuesday of how yeah. the producer went on to on msnbc is total basically a lib and you know, the name's Abby Grossberg and all that shit. So you wrote about this yesterday because this is yeah. an interesting revelation that's coming out yeah. here. Why don't you tell us? Well, you know, she goes on MSNBC's Nicole Wallace's show for like an almost an hour and just trashes the network and is now filing a lawsuit claiming a hostile work environment and all this stuff. You now producers said horrible things, this, that, and the other against, you know, Tucker Carlson. Um, she's never met him. Mm-hmm. So that kind of complicates the whole hostile work environment aspect of this lawsuit. Yeah. 
So, uh, but again, you know, there's, you know, how many lawyers out there, you know, there, there's no shortage of lawyers who want to take a swipe at Tucker or Fox News and get their name in the, in, in you know, in, in the news as well. So she'll have, you know, plenty of people to represent her in this mm-hmm. effort. So, yeah. <laughs> Worked remotely, but somehow a toxic work environment yeah. and Tucker Carlson is to blame. I knew this bitch was lying from the start. I mean, it's just so obvious. All right. So, of course, we'll keep full tabs on the Tucker saga over at townhall.com and here on the show. Um, Some other news. Yesterday, Joe Biden held a joint press conference with the South Korean president. I'm not even going to try to say the name. Um, (laughs) You can try if you want. No, I don't want (laughs) to. Okay. (laughs) Um, But the most interesting thing, besides the fact that they only took like three questions, very interesting, huh? Guess what? Remember how all the times we talked about how it was a pre-selected press list and all that, and then the White House is like, well, you know, it's not like we're coordinating the questions. Well, guess what? <laughs> they are. The, not only does the question order be determined, the outlet, where they're going to allow the question to come from, but the question itself is provided on a note card to Joe Biden ahead of time. So – We know now that Biden, his White House, and these so-called journalists, with air quotes, are colluding with the White House ahead of time to ensure he doesn't botch his answers. It's just totally fucking insane that this is happening. Can can you imagine if back during Trump, the meltdown the liberal press would have if it came out that Fox News was pre-feeding questions to Trump? Oh, my God. Yeah. They would have had a meltdown. Although it would have been hilarious. For, <laughs> sorry, oh, it would yeah. be funny for me. Okay, let's go to Fox News again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Fox News. <laughs> um, and our friend over at Red State, Bonchi, tweeted this, and I forgot about this, but this is just so perfect, right? Remember when the press used to make fun of George Bush because he couldn't name the head of every country in Africa? Yeah. Well, now that same press is now pre-submitting questions to Biden because he's so mentally gone that he can't even do a real presser. Yeah. So uh, that's pretty sad. But yep. First quarter GDP report is out. Guess what? It's fantastic. Yeah, total fucking disaster. <laughs> um, not only is the economy really starting to fall apart, uh, the the 2% was the expected, right? Came mm-hmm. in at 1.1% annualized. But there's signs that the the second half of that was really slowing down. So it looks like it's going to be going negative later this year. But the thing that worries me the most in that report that's kind of buried in there is the PCE price index, right, which is what the Federal Reserve uses as their key inflation gauge. It was supposed to be half a percent, right, half a percent. Yeah. Came in at. 4.2%. 4.2%. Oh my God. Yeah. So huge, huge, yeah. huge, huge over. I mean, that's, that's bad. It's very bad. Yeah. So now we're, you know, and everyone, I love how all these people, like on CNBC, for example, they're like, oh, you know, the economy, yeah, there's problems, but overall it's very strong. No, it's not. <laughs> it, it is not even close to strong. The fundamentals actually are way worse than the top line numbers because realistically the top line numbers are probably being doctored as we've talked about in the past. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's just not a good situation. We have potentially more bank failures. First Republic bank, even though it was essentially bailed out 
and given money by all the big banks now is still on the brink of failure. And, and there's all kinds of things that loom in the future, the commercial real estate crisis. Um, these, these small and medium-sized banks are really at risk, and the Fed is not equipped to handle it because they already threw a ton of money at these banks, and it really did nothing to shore them up. Yeah. Um, so we'll obviously get a better feel for this. I, I think really the the D-Day for the economy is going to be Q3. Yeah, probably. If Q3 gets through and it's not terrible when we get to the holiday season and it, you know, we've we've survived to that point. You can breathe easy. <laughs> maybe, you know, it'll be, you know, it's still not going to be a soft landing like they were talking about, but it'll be a, a moderately hard landing, not a total destruction, you know, complete apocalypse on the economy. But the problem is the people that are in charge are tripling down on their policies, which have caused this. Yeah. Realistically, what we need is a complete change in economic philosophy and policies from the top. And that's obviously not going to happen. So debt ceiling, the debt ceiling, yeah. it is here. Although I found it very interesting that uh, the, the treasury totally fucked up the estimation of taxes. And so now, because there was a massive increase in tax receipts unexpectedly, there is an extra month on the debt ceiling deadline. <laughs> Great. Yes. Well, that is actually good. <laughs> Not good that they took in more taxes. Yeah. Yeah, They're a bunch of thieves. Yeah. But at least we get a little bit of breathing room here because the, the House GOP did their job. They yeah. passed an extension of the debt ceiling yesterday, just yesterday. 217 to 215 vote by the skin of their nuts. Yeah. Kevin McCarthy got the job done. It's a it's the definition of a deal. It's not great. It's not terrible. There's shit that we don't want in there. There's a lot of shit that they don't want in there. But the thing is, Schumer just said it's dead on arrival in the Senate. So now we're back to square one, essentially. Yeah. Um, although I do think that as we get closer and closer, because the House has already passed this, the pressure on Schumer is going to really ratchet up. Because I think a couple of his people... Uh, namely Tester, Manchin, uh, even some reasonable other ones. Um, I'm trying to think of the name. Why can't I remember? I was just reading about this this morning. And it was someone who's pretty Democrat, but was like, yeah, we can't do this. Was it Durbin? It might have been Durbin. Wow. Yeah. Durbin was like, yeah, we can't play games with this. And like the House GOP is going to pass what they want to. It's not the best deal, but it's not the worst deal. Maybe it was him. I don't know if it was him or for sure. I have to look it up. But it was definitely someone that's more liberal than Tester, Cinema, Mansion. You know those people. Those, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so a number of his members are in favor of it. So he's going to really be be under pressure here these next few weeks. But of course, we'll have to see what happens. You know how this town works. Everything goes right up to the deadline. Yep. And they'll pass something. But the the problem with the debt ceiling going up to the deadline is if unexpected market conditions occur or, you know, if there's a need for emergency spending or, you know, there's a lot of variables where if we're not able to tap into our money, you know, it's, it's essentially the equivalent of maxing out your credit card, right? If yeah. you have no money left, you're fucked. So now – of course, there's many arguments to be had over should we be maxing out the credit card, right? But that's for that's for budgetary talks versus the debt ceiling. 
at least in my opinion. Uh, <laughs> and so it puts us in a very dangerous situation. And also it creates market instability because if it looks like there could even be a default, it sends people running for the fucking hills. Yeah. So it's a dangerous game to be playing, especially when, you know, if a market sell-off occurs, at, you know, 5 to 10% because it looks like a, a default might be imminent, then, you know, people lose trillions of dollars in value of their retirements, their savings, um, and that could have such a long-term effect that, you know, this is just not something to be fucking with. So and I was happy to see that McCarthy got it done. I was surprised because I thought he was going to struggle a lot more than they did. Now we had to give away some shit uh, to that that lib uh, Nancy Mace. But other than that, overall got through pretty well. The, oh, I also had to give up some shit to the the typical, you know, ethanol corrupt people. But other than that, can't complain. So, all right. This story, very interesting. So, Nikki Haley, mm-hmm. yesterday... She went on Fox News and she thought she was being really fucking sly because she nestled her way into uh, having the interview occur. Yeah. Joe Biden was just starting his press conference with the Korean South or South Korean president. She thought, oh, wow, people are going to be tuning in, get some eyeballs here, really, you know, could help the campaign, blah, blah, blah. Well, she goes on Fox and the way I described it was she basically exploded like the SpaceX rocket in <laughs> midair. You know, may, normally I'd probably make a Challenger reference, but that might be a little <laughs> distasteful because she doesn't deserve a, a, a reference like that because she's a fucking lowlife. So she goes on Fox News and gets asked about Disney, right? Very easy question. Slam dunk. Should be no problem. Well, she basically, I will walk Bart herself on Fox News. Uh, <laughs> take a listen to what she had to say about Disney's fight with Ron DeSantis in Florida. Haley, I want to um, ask you about what could be another Republican candidate uh, in the field, and that is Ron DeSantis. We just learned a few moments ago that Disney is now suing the Florida governor for alleging uh, an alleging political effort to hurt their business. We've all been watching this back and forth for quite some time. Uh, this is obviously dramatically escalating the feud between Disney and Ron DeSantis. Uh, They're alleging that the Republican governor has waged a, quote, relentless campaign to weaponize government power over the company. What is your reaction to that as we still have yet to see him jump officially into the race? You know, as governor, I took a double-digit unemployment state and I turned it into an economic powerhouse. Businesses were my partners because if you take care of your businesses, you take care of your economy, your economy takes care of the people and everyone wins. And so that's the way we dealt with it. We are, South Carolina was a very anti-woke state. It still is. And if Disney would like to move their hundreds of thousands of jobs to South Carolina and bring the billions of dollars with them, I'll let them know. I'll be happy to meet them in South Carolina and introduce them to the governor and the legislature that would that would welcome it brutal hey brutal hey um you know very rarely you get to see a candidate uh suicide vest themselves in real time you know things i can think of are like uh, terry mcauliffe when he said the parents shouldn't get to decide what their kids are learning in schools um howard dean when he had the yeah 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's very, very few times, but this one was just like, I, when she said it, I was like, what the fuck did she just say? Yeah. Well, she's also, it sounds like she's speaking as someone who knows she has no shot at the nomination. So, well, you know, she just, she just out there, you know, but she also simultaneously issues. fucked herself over for any chance at the VP with that shit because. That you think that conservatives are going to be happy if she gets picked as Trump's VP? Also, I don't think Trump would pick her anyway. And angling as potentially DeSantis's VP, you think he's going to pick her now? No fucking way. So that that was great, and uh, I'm just happy to see that because everyone knows I can't stand her. So let's <laughs> her as far away from power as possible at this point. And then also, she gave some bullshit answer about abortion too. Uh, what was that one? It was like. We basically need to find a way to let these Democrats keep killing these babies, you know, and I'm paraphrasing, yeah, yeah. but th that's that's what she was saying, like, because she was, I think she got asked about, like, Florida's abortion law, and she's like, oh, it's too restrictive, and blah, 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 and I'm like, yeah, okay, sure, but you, you don't just come out and say, yeah, I I want to help. I, su I support the Democrats. I know. Right. It's just, it, right. it gets back to the whole, our side just doesn't know how to message message this yet. Yeah. We have no idea where we want to go. You know, it's going to get messy, and Democrats see a crease, and they're going to run with it, and it's going to be it's going to be a mess. It's going to be yeah. a mess because we have people saying there should be six week bans, fifteen week bans, twenty, twenty one, twenty two. It's just like we're, we're what are we doing with this? So we need to have a come to Jesus moment, but everybody's so it's such an emotionally charged issue. Mm-hmm. That it's just going to, uh, yeah. Well, maybe uh, the it's, it's going to cost us some. Maybe the genius at the RNC can figure it out. Oh God, no. Yeah, no. Um, what else do we got here? Oh, another major Biden crisis looms. The uh, FAA. We've talked about that, right? The FAA's nominee went down in flames because he was picked as a diversity hire. Remember the guy who didn't know anything about air airline? Yeah, 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 yeah. Aviation. Well. The current acting administrator is retiring. And so, yeah, there's going to be nobody in charge over there. Great. Great. So planes are really going to fall out of the sky. <laughs> I knew you were going to. Literally going to be falling that's out of the sky. I, that's and what I'm I flying tomorrow, so that's just great. I, this is <laughs> great news. <laughs> that's why I paused. I'm like, I know he's going to say those planes yep. are falling out of the sky all over the place. Trains are derailing. <laughs> Everyone's crashing everything. Yeah. Huh. And you get the climate change people fucking up uh, George Washington Parkway. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Well, Jesus they should have ran, ran them over. Oh, absolutely. Here's a good one, too, for uh, the, the Biden cabinet incompetence. Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm endorsed an outright suicidal mission for the U.S. military. Take a listen. Do you support the military adopting that EV fleet by 2030? I do, and I think we can get there as well. And I do think that reducing our reliance on the volatility of globally traded fossil fuels, where we know that global events such as the war in Ukraine can jack up prices for people back home, it, it uh, does not contribute to energy security. I think energy security is achieved when we have homegrown clean energy that is abundant, like you see mm -hmm. in Iowa. We think that we can uh, be a leader globally in how we have become energy independent. Oh, yeah. Oh, great. So all our vehicles can get stuck in the sand and die yeah. on the road. The well, don't you know? They got yeah. all kinds of charging station chains, <laughs> charging stations in Syria, Afghanistan, Ukraine, Africa. 
you know. Charging. Oh, really? Oh, Afghanistan, known for their infrastructure. Yeah. Ukraine bombed out. Yeah. Africa, which still gets like, you know, no. Just Africa, just no. No. Syria, isn't that still under a civil war? Like, yeah. So, Charging. so I guess the, you know, the, the U.S. troops, their plan should be to just ask the enemy to hold off while they wait to recharge their vehicles. Oh, my so. God. What else do we got here? Oh, some interesting uh, news in West Virginia. Obviously, Joe Manchin is up in 2024, and we've been talking about this for a long time now, how Manchin is uh, going to get – he basically voted himself into being kicked out of the seat. Well, now Governor Jim Justice, Big Jim, says he is very seriously considering running for Senate. Take a listen. And it's two of the polls. You're up by about 20 points against Joe Manchin. Are you considering running? And if so, when would you make that decision? Well, Brian, I'm seriously considering, you know, and uh, and and whether people buy it or not buy it. My dad would have always said, if the good Lord knows and you know, son, that's all that really matters. And at the end of the day, I am a patriot. I'm a real patriot. And I'm worried about our country. And, and that's not hogwash. That's not political hogwash and everything. I am worried about our country, and that's the only reason that I would run for the Senate, but uh, but I am very seriously considering it, and and probably in the next very few days, I'll make an announcement one way or another. Really? I'm not going to tease people. I'm would, not going to tease do people. You think you would, you, I, I, do you think you would win? I know I'd win. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's all there is to it. Yep. Yeah. What you know, a, a part of me, though, still thinks that Manchin could eke out a win. Mm. Maybe a recall. like Not you running know. as a Democrat in a presidential I, year. No. Year. Well, yeah. It's just the, the man. He, the thing is, he's he. I, I got to see what his approval ratings are, but he's still likable. And he knows yeah. how to retail still. I mean, we've, we've, here's about here's the problem. He's also had very bad Republicans running against him, so he's yeah. lucked out in that regard. Jim Justice is actually a very – is actually the probably the best candidate, you know. We've you know that he'll probably ever face. Oh, but, people love Jim Justice. Though. Yeah, Remember, he yeah. was a Democrat who switched parties. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um, and, and that's good for us though, because I mean, it could be a sense of you know, I like Joe Manchin, but I got to go for Jim. You know. Well, but here's the thing, right? So if 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 it was a non-presidential year, I'd say yeah, I think Manchin could have a shot at keeping the seat. Like the four, so, like I'm talking forty-nine point like eight percent yeah. you know like that but type this of is shit. gonna this is gonna be a presidential year and west virginia is the type of state that votes 70 percent republican in presidential years so you'd have to get a sizable chunk of people to split then ticket. like oh yeah. yeah i'm gonna split my ticket and vote for this democrat yeah. who while i like him recently has fucking uh raped me dry essentially <laughs> with voting for the Inflation Reduction Act, which did nothing but increase spending and inflation. And then Manchin, who was the deciding vote on this, had the gall to complain about the cost of the bill, which was clear when he voted for it last year. Yeah. Did you see yeah. that the other day? I, I uh, No, no, but... Yeah. He was like... <laughs> Oh, I didn't know it was going to cost this much. I'm like, what the fuck do oh, you yeah. mean? Well, it's it almost obvious. Yeah, it's almost like when we all saw the. Remember when he voted for the um, the spending bill? 
Yeah, yeah. And then he, we all knew he was going to get fucked over by, you know, Schumer and the Democrats. And then that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. I think well, that's that kind of sounds like a guy who, like, just wants to get the hell out of here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like self-sabotage. Like, oh, yeah. I didn't know that we were voting on trillion-plus spending bills now. It's like, come on, dude. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we'll nice see. Nice guy. Very nice guy. It's just I think he's just done with this 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 town. Well, and I, 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 don't, and I don't blame him. I would have liked him a lot more if he would have just fucking tanked that bill like he should have. Yeah. If he would have tanked that bill, he would have had a really good chance of getting reelected. Oh, probably. And so that was his decision, and he made the decision. Now he's got a lie in the bed that he's made. Sure he'll All be right. fine. Everybody knows the border's fucked. It's just out of control. Um, but a uh, new new report now shows that more more than seventy thousand Americans died from fentanyl in in twenty twenty one. That number is expected to be even higher. in last year, in the last fiscal year, that we don't get the number until like the end of the year, the aggregated number. What's really interesting right now is that. The border is being totally flooded with record number every single month, right? I think yeah. it was like – it was over a quarter million illegals last month, and that's just the people that they know of. Yeah. So we're talking now about by the time the first Biden administration is up, and God forbid there's a second because we will never recover – we're going to be talking about probably 15 to 20 million illegals that it would have come across during that four years. The impact of that will never be able to be fully forecast. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about hundreds of billions of dollars in cost because, of course, when they come across, we give them free health care, free schools, free cell phones, it's the free hotels, free meals, everything. Everything. It's the citizenship push. That's that's what's going to be the the real. Yeah. So that that's know? what it's into. Oh, there's so many people here. We can't deport them all. The only yep. humane thing to do is to put them on a pathway to citizenship, and then yep. we're, we're back, we're back to this old this old game again. And I don't trust our side. I think we would cave on something. Hundred percent. I mean, you see the type of people that. Yeah. Congress. The Tom Tillises and Cornins of the group, the fucking losers of the Senate. Oh, and they could all sponsor their family members. That's yeah. definitely going to be rolled in there. So that twenty million becomes like sixty. Well, you already see the slippery slope. Like they tried to do the the immigration deal late last year and get yeah. it the lame document. That luckily we defeated. Yeah. That. Well, and and luckily McConnell's like that shit's not going into the omnibus, so you can yeah. just go home to your family. Um, so, but you see the slippery slope happening here because. Now we have stories, you know, we've talked before about them letting illegals vote in local elections. You have where now in California, you no longer have to be a U.S. citizen to become a police officer. Did you hear about that? What? Yep. Yep. So That's all in the name of equity. And, you know, I mean, they they say that they're still restricting it to people authorized to work. But in California... Unless they're doing federal verification to work in California, illegals do get work uh, visas. I said, well, not visas. It's not like a visa, but they get work papers essentially. So, yeah, I get papers. <laughs> yeah. So, but we we need to deport these people. Like that's the biggest mistake that the GOP could possibly make in this upcoming election is to not have a hardline immigration stance. 
that was what Trump ran and won on in 2016. Nobody truly realized how good we had it with a secure border, mostly secure border in 2020. But in 2024, the GOP has to not have this squish immigration position because the, the only option is a massive deportation force. And, <laughs> you're, you're, you know, we, we try, remember Trump tried that. Yeah. And I think one of his biggest mistakes, you know, along with the people he, he hired and the whole Russia investigation. Building the wall piecemeal instead of all. Yeah. Once. Well, trusting Paul Ryan, especially yeah. on that one. But, you know, there, there's some there's probably like a top 10 list of biggest regrets, right, of the Trump administration right up near the top was not continuing with the deportation force and caving to media pressures. Because if he had continued, he could have deported probably a couple million people, and it would have really helped a lot in the long run. But if, you know, if we got, God willing, get a Republican in the White House in, in 2025, we have to start deporting people in mass. Um, I don't care if you have to go into the cities and rip them out from their families. You have to get rid of them. And you can come back legally, legally, but not illegally. I say we just bomb them. Well, that's not going to work. <laughs> as much as I wish it was that <laughs> as much as I wish it was that simple, that's not going to work. Drop a daisy cutter. I think they think it's like an aid tube or something. But if they need an immigration deportation for czar, I volunteer as tribute for that because everybody knows how I feel about that. So. <laughs> Um, all right, we will wrap up today's show with the clip of the day, and this is a really good one. Uh, Kamala, good old Kamalama Ding Dong, went to Howard University in Washington, D.C., gave a little, I guess, campaign-esque speech there. Well, uh, she always plays to her audience, right? And the audience at Howard University is of a certain demographic, and she went Really deep down and pulled out her ghetto twang. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Uh. What, Mr. Producer, roll that clip. And so don't get in our way, because if you do, we're going to stand up and we're going to organize and we're going to speak up and we're going to say, we're not having that. We're not playing that. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, it's just we like, can make that so the Biden. Awkward. I know. It's just so awkward. Like, yeah. I'm embarrassed for her. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Well, we're going to get a lot of good sound bites out of her over these next few years um, when when she <laughs> when she's doing campaigns because she's going to have to do a lot of the campaign events because Joe Biden's not going to be able to. Oh, so, my God. Yeah, they're going to really have to trot her out there, which is oh kind of the opposite of what they really wanted. She's going to have to follow the script if she wants to be on the team. Well. She doesn't follow the script. Like, her staff has prepared – briefings speeches everything and she just ignores it which is why everybody leaves her mm -hmm. she's just a horrible human being but yeah. whatever i'm not gonna uh as i always say i'm not gonna stop them from walking into the meat grinder so well it'll make for good content you know we're, yeah, the, sure. we're the laughing stocks of the world but at least we could fiddle while rome burns so all right so uh if you of course enjoy triggered and want it uncensored now is the time. Become a Town Hall VIP member at townhallvip.com. Use the promo code STOPJOE24. STOPJOE24 for 50% off. The sale is still going. We got to stop Joe Biden. So you'll not only be funding directly here what we're doing on Triggered, get access to Triggered Uncensored, and also ad-free, 
but you will uh, get all of our other VIP members only amazing content and cannot underline the fact that you are getting a money back guarantee. You are the only people ever that get a money back guarantee because you are our triggered fan. So if you want to join, that's townhallvip.com. Use the promo code STOPJOE24 for 50% off. We love all of you, especially those that are VIP members funding what we're doing here on a daily basis. It means the world to us. If you'd like to reach out, email us, triggered at townhall.com. I know I've been saying it. I've been promising. I had to go remote today, so we couldn't get to read our email. It's a little bit difficult, but we are going to get to it on Tuesday. So I promise you that if you want to send one in over the weekend, send it in. It'll be on the show on Tuesday. You could take that to the bank. All right. We hope you have a great weekend. Uh, maybe. Well, I hope I survive the weekend. It's my birthday this weekend. Yes. So, yes, uh, it is. <laughs> we we will see. We'll see if I'm here on Tuesday. But <laughs> All right. We'll do a mega episode on Thursday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, folks. Uh, we love you all, and we will be back here on Tuesday for another episode of Trigger. See you then.